We are in a series called My Story where we are sharing our stories. We're encouraging you to share your story, ultimately shining a light on Jesus. Because when he's entered our story, we can't help but share it with others. We see in Luke chapter 2, there are some shepherds. They're just at work. They're just doing their thing. But some angels come and share with them a story that uh, Christ has been born. They go and they find this child. And then they can't but help go all throughout the town telling about this Jesus that they just met. Uh, We see in John chapter 4, there is a Samaritan woman at a well, and at this time, Samaritans and Jews, they just don't socialize. They don't spend time together, but yet this Jewish man named Jesus steps into her story. He loves her right where she's at, and when he leaves, she can't help but just share with everyone what he had done in her life and what he had told her. See, during Jesus' time, the Bible wasn't there for them to read. The Bible wasn't available. They shared stories of what he had done, who he is, how they experienced him. This is how the message of Jesus just spread through people sharing their stories. And I think a lot of times it's hard when we're sharing our story because we don't really know where to start sometimes. Do I start from the day I was born? Because that's going to be a long story. Do I start in the middle? Where, Where do I start? Lainey just told us her Jesus story using the cards that we have out in the lobby. And I think this is a great resource just to get started if you don't even know where to begin with sharing your Jesus story. It says, my life before Christ was, you fill in the blank, I realized I needed Christ when, and now with Christ my life is this. The beauty is that every story is different. My story, your story, each of you sitting in these seats and online, our stories are different, but they all point back to the same thing. And at the end of the day, all of our stories of what God has done in our lives are to bring him glory. Sharing your story is important and it can be powerful because when you share your story with others, it lets someone know that they're not alone in their story. It's easy when you're walking through hard times to feel isolated and alone, am I right? You feel like no one can relate to me, no one understands what I'm growing through, no one has experienced this, and that's just a lie from the enemy because that's what he wants us to believe. He wants us to believe that no one's gonna understand, I'm alone, I have to walk through this alone. And when we share our story with someone else, sometimes it's just that little piece of hope that they need to keep going. Psalms 107, 2 through 3 says, So, go ahead and let everyone know it. Tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness and has gathered us together from all over the world. He has set us free to be his very own. I love that. Your story is something that you can share with people that you know, your friends, your family. And you can also share your story with people that you don't know, maybe the neighbor you've never met or someone at work. When you share your story with people that you know, the gospel travels fast. And when you share your story with people that you don't know, the gospel travels far. And God wants the gospel to travel fast and far. But there can be misconceptions with sharing our story. Uh, Maybe you recently came to Christ and you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not qualified to share my story. I don't know all the books of the Bible. I can't spell all of them. I struggle with spelling some of them myself. Maybe you don't have everything memorized, and you're not a theologian, and uh, you can't pronounce some of the stuff that you read. Like th- Those are misconceptions. I want to share an analogy with us all today. Does anyone in here like to go out to eat like a good meal? Yeah? Some yeah. people. Some people don't, but it's okay. No judgment. I love going out and finding myself a good meal. And whenever I have a good meal, what, what is something you do after you've had a good meal? 
You post about it on Instagram. But yeah, you do that. You, you, t- you tell people about it. Like, I'm going to let you know, like, hey, this place is good to eat. Like, you need to go check this out. I really love it. But whenever I have a good meal, I don't know about you, but I don't ask, hey, can you give me the recipe for this? I'd love to know all the spices and everything that went, went into making it. We don't ask for all these things. We just go and tell people, hey, you need to go check this place out. Go try this. And the same is with our story. Is when we have our story, we don't need to know everything about it. We just know, hey, this is where Jesus met me, and this is what my life is like now. In Romans chapter 10, it says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they have heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So today, we're going to share a little bit of our story. So my name is Katie Harless. I am the oldest daughter of our lead pastor here, Daryl and Kara. They're there over there. Hi, Mom and Dad. Um, and I'm supposed to share a fun fact with you about myself today. And I really struggle with these because I don't, I don't, I don't like the fun facts and then one random thing or what. I don't, I don't know. I don't like these things. But I do love to travel. In my spare time, if I have any, you'll randomly see me just finding places to stay on Airbnb and hope that I can go there one day. Um, If you need help planning your next vacation, hit me up because I love to just research places and where to eat and what to do. I just, I love traveling. And so, yeah, that's a fun fact about me. And I'm Brandon Harless. Uh, As Lee Greenwood would say it, I'm from the hills of Tennessee. You may not have been able to tell it from the sound of my voice, but we have a very distinct tone to our voice. Uh, I've been on staff here at the church for 15 years. I have absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, Fun things. I, I love music. Particularly, I love vinyl records. So if you have any collecting dust, gladly take them off your hands. Shameless plug. Um, I, I love football. Um, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm married into a Dallas Cowboys family, so we uh, lick, lick our wounds regularly, but it's okay. The struggle is real. But the first thing we want to share with you today is that pain is your microphone. So we got married August 1st of 2014. I think there's a picture. There it is. Wow. Great. We chose the hottest month of the year in Florida to get married for some reason, but it was a great day. It I love, was so hot. I love how you said we chose. Guys, we all know, like, I was told when we're going to be showing up, but it's all good. I digress. You live and you learn, you know. So we got married. We bought a house. We got a dog. We did yes. all the, you know, the steps you're supposed to take. Make sure we could keep oh, the dog alive. Baxter. There he is. He's so cute. He's still alive, and we have two dogs now, so we're doing good. Um, and then, you know, we decided, okay, we got this. We got this whole marriage thing down. It's funny, We're still right? working on that. Joke. Um, we got this, so now it's, we're going to talk about starting a family. Yeah. We agreed, yeah, that sounds like a good thing. And it didn't happen as fast as we thought. And we waited, and we waited, and we waited for a while. And then we did finally get pregnant, yeah. but that pregnancy ended in miscarriage. And here we are almost eight years later, and we still have no biological children. Um, but sometimes God uses our suffering to be a blessing to someone else. Our, when we were walking through, and still are what we're walking through, that really hard season, God positioned people in our lives who had already walked that path before us to share their story with us and to encourage us. And when they did, we didn't feel so isolated and alone. You know, this, and this has been true for many stages of our lives. When I've walked through things and you've walked through things, God has been faithful to put people in our lives who have already walked that before us to kind of help us walk that path. Um, there's a man in the Bible, his name is Joseph, and he suffered for years as a prisoner for crimes that he didn't commit. And in the end, he was raised to the right hand of Pharaoh, who was a very prominent 
person in that time and put in a position to save his family. And then there's another man named David. He was forced to go on the run, and while he was being hunted by his crazy father-in-law, Saul, lucky for you, you don't have a crazy father-in-law. You're so lucky. But David was homeless, and he was living in and out of caves, and it was in that, that dark place that he poured out his heart to God in worship, and he wrote what we know now as the book of Psalms. And if you've read any of the Psalms, you can hear David's heart cry during that difficult season, and it's such a great book to turn to, I think, when you're walking through hard things, because sometimes what David wrote is what you're trying to say, but you can't really find the words. Um, but part of living in a fallen world is that trials and hard times, they're inerrant. They're going to happen. We can't avoid it. Um, and you're either in the middle of a storm or one's coming. If you're in a good time right now, one's coming, right? But we're going to face moments that feel like we're in a valley and it just doesn't make sense and we ask God why but we want you to be comforted today because if you feel crushed and your heart is broken and you feel alone in Psalms 34 18 it says that the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart he's right there he doesn't leave us sometimes we turn away from him but he's right there he's waiting and if we'll allow him he wants to use what we've walked through or what you're walking through right now to bring him glory the next thing we want to talk about today is to take a step. Take a step. Throughout Scripture, we see so many people uh, who are being called into something, but at the same time, they don't really fully know what they're actually saying yes to and what they're stepping into. We see Moses in the Bible. When God calls him, he first says, hold up, you've got the wrong guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the one for this job. But God doesn't tell Moses, hey, you're going to go and you're going to part the Red Sea and you're going to free the people. I'm going to do all these plagues, um, and then that's how this is all. I'm going to give you commandments. That's how it's all going to play out. No, he just says, hey, go to Pharaoh. That's, that's the step you need to take. You're just going to go to Pharaoh. We see the same thing uh, with Matthew. He's a disciple, but he was just he's a tax collector. He was at work, and Jesus comes, and he says, hey, come follow me. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to raise people from the dead. He didn't say, I'm going to do all these miracles. He didn't give his, uh, his report or like what his track record is going to be. He just said, hey, come follow me. We have Andrew, Peter, James, and John. They're fishermen. Uh, they're mending their nets. They're just, they're out at work like everybody else. But at the same time, when Jesus comes up, he doesn't tell Peter at this moment, hey, I'm going to build my church on you. He doesn't tell them everything that he has in store for them. He just says, hey, come follow me. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. All too often, I don't know if you can relate, but I want to know what the end result's going to look like before I take a step. I want to know what the outcome is going to be. Before I step into something, I fully want to know what I'm actually going to be committing to at this time. And we, we want to know the outcome, but what we really need to know, we need to know, God, what is my next step? What is my next step and where do I need to go next? The process that God took Moses through, that he took Joseph through, that he took all of the disciples through, ultimately ended up in them stepping into all that he had for them. But all along the way, they were taking steps, and he was building them. All along the way, he was developing them into who he needed them to be to carry out and build his kingdom. I remember a time in my life where I was like questioning what my next step was. What, is, what does God want me to do? I feel like he's not giving me direction, and I don't know where I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do. And someone told me, they said, Katie, go back to the last thing that you were confident God told you to do. Like, you know he called you to take that step to do that. Did you do it? And if you didn't, that's probably a good place to start. Because I think a lot of times God tells us what we need to do, but it seems really scary. 
and we're like, oh, how about something else? Maybe if I just wait around a little bit longer, he'll forget that he told me to do that and give me another step to take. But that's not really how it works. <laughs> in Psalm 119, 105, it says, Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Um, in 2016, uh, our anniversary was right around the corner, and we've already discussed we like to eat food. We like to find great places to eat. We love to travel, and there was a conference coming up um, in August, so we thought, what a great opportunity to travel, to get some good food, and then to invest in ourselves spiritually um, as well. And so while we're at this conference, like, we're just going to the sessions, you know, worship, all the, all the things that go with it. Uh, but one session we walked into, there are these little pamphlets on all of the seats, and it was Compassion Children. And if you're not familiar with Compassion, it's an organization uh, that partners with churches all throughout the world, and it provides meals for kids, and it gives them just a foundation, shares who Jesus is with them, and you can sponsor a child. And when we walked into that session, I saw that sitting on there, and it wasn't God's audible voice, uh, but it was pressed on my heart so clearly. Brandon, you're praying so desperately for what you want for your child, but I'm asking you to take care of my children who are here. And I don't think I heard anything else the rest of that session, but I knew exactly what I needed to do. That child that was on our chair, um, I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name properly. I call him Yadiel. But I, think that's right. um, I just picked that up, and we immediately sponsor him. We still sponsor him to this day, writing letters back and forth. Um, but really, it's wild how God works, though, because he can begin something in one person, um, and it's crazy how we see him, as people take steps, bringing things together. Yeah, back in 2011, the church was still on the island, and we did Orphan Sunday, and we still do Orphan Sunday now. Um, and I was 18 years old, and I remember I was sitting in the auditorium, and they were talking about orphan care and just the, um, the enormity that that is in our world. And I remember they said a number and it was 147 million orphans in our world. And I remember at 18 years old, that number just weighed so heavily on me just to think that that many children in our world didn't have parents, didn't have families. And God began to do a work in me, um, giving me a heart for orphan care. And fast forward to after we come home from Hillsong Conference, and we had been having conversations with friends who were in um, the foster care system and talking about foster care. Is that what God wants us to do? I don't know. Should we adopt? What, you know, just trying to figure out what our next step was. Um, and then we went and saw the movie Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg. And if you have not seen that family, or that, that family, that movie, I highly suggest that you see it, but make sure you bring tissues. Um, but we walked out of that movie, and it's about this family that steps into foster care and takes these children to their home, and I think we both just came out and were like, yep, I think this is our next step. Um, we, it was just like a confirmation. Thanks, Mark Wahlberg, for the help with that. Um, but so we decided this is it. We step into foster care. We start the classes, eight weeks of training and home studies and CPR certifications. They really put you through the ringer for that. They, we've had friends tell us that like, uh, they never got training like that for their kids. They wish they would have got training going to whatever they and Maybe every kids. parent should do that. <laughs> but they put, you, they put you through it. So we did all of our classes and we passed the test. And then they tell you, just hurry up and wait. So you sit around and you wait for your first phone call. And it's a weird emotions, weird emotions, honestly, because you're like, I went through all of this training and I did all of this and I got the room ready and I don't really want a phone call because that means that children are being removed from their homes, but I did all this training, so now what do I do? We just wait? 
And we waited for a few months before we got our first call. And then they called us and they said, we have this eight month old little boy. He is at Wolfson's right now. He's experienced some trauma, um, but you can go see him tomorrow and then he'll come home in a few days once they release him. They didn't tell us much about his story or um, really anything at all. They didn't even tell us his name at first. And they said, what do you say? And I just said, yes. I didn't even ask Brandon. I just said, well, here we are. So I told him, we said yes, and we went and met Diego. That's Diego. I know, look at him. Look at those eyes. Come on now. I know. Look at those eyes. And so we had Diego with us for eight months. And during that time, it's, it's really easy with foster care, I think, to see these children and what they've experienced and say, well, they're better off with me. I can take better care of them, and they don't need to go home. But that's not the goal. And we had the opportunity to meet Diego's mom and spend time with her and hear her story and really just walk alongside her and help her have people in her life that believed in her. Um, And I remember I held him in my arms one night and I was just looking at him and I was like, he's not mine, he's hers. And I don't know if I could have felt that so easily had I not walked through infertility and miscarriage because I knew Um, the desire that I had to be a mom, and I was like, there's no way this baby doesn't need to go home to his mom, Um, and he did go home. She did all of the work to get him back, and um, so then Diego goes home after eight months with us, and we take a little break. We're like, okay, we're going to close our home, be on hold for a little bit, take a breath, because that was a roller coaster of an eight months, and um, we move into a new home, and then we, while we're still on hold, we get a call about a little boy who is in foster care, Um, His parents' rights have been terminated. He's available for adoption. He's in a medical foster home right now because um, they say he had to have open-heart surgery. He has a lot of medical issues. There's a lot of unknowns. That's, I think that's foster care in a nutshell, unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns about him and his future, uh, but are you interested? And I was like, I'm definitely gonna have to talk to Brandon about this one. (laughs) This is a big commitment. So I come and talk to you. Yeah, and that is, we had to look, uh, be, like, be really, I don't know, honest with ourselves because there's a child who he's eating through a feeding tube. He's had open heart surgery. They don't know what his uh, quality of life is going to be. I mean, he's six months old. Uh, but we, we just prayed and we're like, you know, we're not saying yes. We're saying yes to a call in our life. We're not saying yes to what this perfect picture of what our life is supposed to look like. We don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. But we're going to take that step that God has placed before us, and we're going to say yes to this child. So we say yes. We go and we meet him for the first time. I think that's, that's, that's the first, first time, time we that met we him. met him. Look at him. He's so cute. All dolled up. Uh, yeah, they got him all dressed cute for us. Um, and then because of all his medical issues, we had to go through all of this training to be able to take him home. We had to learn how to feed him through his feeding tube, how to clean the feeding tube, how to administer his shots, put his medication through the feeding tube. It was very stressful. And I, for some reason, they didn't think that both of us needed to be able to do it, just one of us. So I had to be the one to pass the test over, and it was during COVID, so I had to pass it over FaceTime. This nurse is watching me on FaceTime do all of these things, and I'm shaking like this. But we passed. I passed. You didn't pass. I passed. I was, I was standing there. I was, I was telling you, you're yeah. doing a great job. So I passed, and they sent this, they sent him home with us. And then on September 11th of 2020, we, we adopted, adopted Archibald Philip Harless. And there There's he is Archibald. now. Yeah. And he's the cutest. And he is healthy as can be. He's wide open. Oh, boy. I swear he drinks Red Bull. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. 
But our story is probably similar to yours um, and those joining us online where um, you've been hurt, you've had some pain in your life, you've walked through some things that, to be honest, just don't make sense. Um, you can use that help, that hurt, though, to encourage others, sharing with them what God has done in your life, what, he's seen, what you have seen Him do. And we all have a step to take. Uh, we all have the next step to take because you're still breathing. God's not done with you if you're here with us today. Jeremiah, 20, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. God has invested so much into every single one of us, every single person here. You are special. You are unique, unlike any other person. You have unique gifts and things that God has specially put and placed within you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, We have become His poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that He would fulfill through it. So what is your next step of your story today? Your next step today might be it's time to share your story and what God has done in your life, to shine a light on Him and encourage others and let them know, hey, you're not alone in what you're walking through. Maybe you're interested in compassion or becoming a foster parent. After this worship experience, Katie and I will be down front. We would love to answer any questions that you have and get you resources uh, to take your next step with that. Maybe you feel lonely. You feel isolated, and you just want to, you, you have a longing for connection. The beautiful thing is this Tuesday, we have a food outreach that we do every single Tuesday, in the morning and in the evening. And if, if you're trying to get involved, or you know, hey, I need to have people around me, you can join the outreach team. We have serve teams here that people will know your name. They will smile when they see you, and they're excited to have you as a part of it, because you have gifts and things that God is inviting you to be a part of building His kingdom and there's no reason we are, we're not meant to do it alone. We need other people around us. Here in a few minutes, the band's going to come out, and they're going to lead us in another song. And I just want to encourage you to come down and make this front your altar, a place where you can just spend some time with God, because maybe you know what your next step is. Maybe as we've been sharing, it's been pretty clear. God, this is my next step that I need to take. I want to encourage you to come down front and just spend some time with Him. Just thank Him. God, thank you for giving me that clarity of that step and give me the courage and the resources to take that step that you're calling me into. And maybe you're like, I don't even know what my next step is. Like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea. Come down here and just get before God and say, show me, show me where I need to go, what I need to do, what my next step looks like. And maybe you're just, I don't even know where to start. I love Colossians chapter three, verse 17. And it says, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I just want to encourage you today, if you don't know where to start, just whatever you're doing, do it as a form of worship to him. Just bring everything you do to him, and it's amazing the steps and the doors he will open when we're just giving our lives over to him. So as we pray, I uh, just want to invite you just to come down front uh, as, you, uh, as you see fit, and the band will lead us in a song. God, we just come before you today. 
We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you are doing in people's lives. And we just pray for those who know the step that they need to take. We just ask that uh, you would just give them the resources and equip them to do it. People who are trying to figure out what their next step is, we pray you, you would just make that so clear to them and that they would hear uh, what you have in store for them. And for those who are just walking through things right now, God, we pray that they would be comforted, that, that your peace would be upon him, that you would place people around them uh, to let them know that they're not alone or whatever they're walking through. God, you are with them. And we just thank you so much for the opportunity we have just to gather together in this place and just worship you and to give you glory and praise. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. 